This episode of Real Pink is brought to you by Fujifilm. Never stop innovating for a healthier world. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Breast cancer screening and early detection play an important role in your health. Screening tests can help detect breast cancer at an early stage when the chances of survival are the highest. Joining us on the show today to talk about the importance of screening, imaging tests for women for dense breasts, and the role of innovation and technology in screening is Henry Izawa, President and CEO of Fujifilm Healthcare Americas Corporation. Henry, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, this is, I mean, such an important conversation. Um, so I really appreciate you joining us for it. Uh, so to kick things off, let's talk about the importance of, of screening tests for breast cancer. Just simply speaking, why is it so important for women to stay on top of their screening tests? That's a great question. So let's take a look at uh, some of the statistics here. So data from American Cancer Society gives us indication that one in eight women will have will be diagnosed with breast cancer. It is the most diagnosed cancer among women in the United States. Hmm. The mortality rate is 2.5%. So one in 39 women hmm. will die from cancer. Now, unfortunately, there's no preventative measure that uh, we can take to reduce the number of women who will be diagnosed. But what we can do is through screening participation, we can reduce the mortality rate. Mm. And this is why industry players like Fujifilm and, and our peers, as well as the healthcare providers, uh, promote annual screening. Not every other year, but every year for women above 40 years old. Right. And, and we know that even though we recommend screening every year for women above 40 years old, that, that that's not always the case. So can you talk a little bit about what some of the common reasons are that women might skip screening or not stay on the recommended schedule? Absolutely. So in the 90s, if we look at the percentage of women who received screening every year was in the 80s. If we look at statistics today, it's about 65%. So the percentage has come down significantly. And there's a lot of reasons why. Lifestyle change, for example, but also the complexity of insurance comes into play as well. Mm. So there's a large portion of women who do not, who are not insured that do not get screened at all for that matter. COVID also um, has not helped. So today, uh, the volume has come back, but still around 85% uh, pre-COVID. In addition to this, we have um, sort of the underlying hesitation of received screening due to pain, for example, or uncomfortableness that the women feel during the procedure. Mm. So I think, you know, there's not one reason why, for example, we can't get back to 85%, but a, a multitude of reasons. And th this is uh, very concerning for us because um, we're in the business of working with our clinician partners to reduce the mortality rate. So, you know, we work with uh, our, our partners to make sure that we promote annual screening as well. 
Mm, yeah, absolutely. And so, so being that you are on the, the technology side, it seems pertinent to ask you the question. So how can technology support patients in some, overcoming some of these barriers? There's uh, three aspects that we look at as an industry player. Number one is image quality. So image quality is the most important uh, tool for our clinician partners to detect any suspicious uh, findings. And that's what screening is all about. So we have been in the industry since 1934. Obviously, technology has evolved. The original technology platform was film screen, then evolved into computer um, radiology, and then now into DR. Hmm. So as technology has advanced, we have a much more higher detection rate. And that's our um, participation as an industry player to contribute to detecting and contributing to early detection. The second point is the comfort aspect. So we have invested a lot of uh, time and effort in coming up with a lot of new technologies to provide the best comfort for the patients who are receiving screening. So for example, we not only have uh, fantastic uh, wraps on our equipment and lighting that will smooth the ambient, but we also have a paddle, which we call um, comfort paddle. Now, what this is, it reduces the pain significantly for the women who are being uh, compressed. It's not a rigid panel, it's a patented panel that gives a lot of flexibility to the paddle, but also improves the positioning of the breath. So it's sort of a, a two-and-all from a technology standpoint. We receive a lot of fantastic feedback from the patients through our clinician partners that because of the improvement in the comfort, that they get commitments of coming back annually. So we're very, very happy with the outcomes that the technology has created more uh, comfort to the patients that will promote annual uh, screening. I mean, I, I love hearing that. That's great. So are we. We're, we're, we're very enthusiastic about it. The third point is to make sure that we come out with technology that can contribute to driving personalized care. So as the demographic, especially in the United States, is very diverse, there's many types of breasts, breasts that are fatty, breasts that are dense. And it's very different based on rate. We have a very wide installation base around the world, which gives us a lot of insight in terms of breast types. And we use that feedback and feed it back into our R&D uh, development cycle to make sure that we come out with technologies that address uh, different types of breasts. So those are the three elements that we take to heart in terms of contributing as an industry player. That's, I mean, that's really exciting to hear about those developments. I mean, I've certainly talked to women that had concerns in sort of all of those areas, especially the comfort one. And so I love that you're, that you're working on, on solving that issue to make it more, um, I guess, but give women sort of better access in, in a sense for that. So, mm -hmm. so, so next, uh, what are, I mean, what else are you working on? Like what technological innovations do you expect to see in breast cancer screening in the next 10 years? And what are you most excited about? Uh, fantastic question. If we look at uh, the progression that Fujifilm has made in, in the women's health space, 
we have invested significantly to become a, ma a major player in this space through heavy investment and technology innovation. Mm. We've come out with three platforms of mammography systems in the past 10 years. We're working on several as we speak. We've advanced our image processing, um, utilizing AI. We've come out with additional software in order to come out with technologies such as 3D, for example, uh, synthesized 2D in order to provide our clinician partners uh, additional information that they're gonna be able to utilize. And we are committed to advance even further. In the next 10 years, I think personalized care is going to be a big focus for our clinician partners. So like I said, we have a lot of technologies that we're working on to provide solutions to provide the lowest possible technology to be able to satisfy personalized care based on the race and the, and, and the breath type. So as an example, we utilize uh, artificial intelligence, obviously. It's a big buzzword in the medical space today. Our AI starts from image processing, for example, and it goes into various aspects of the whole uh, workflow chain that we provide. We're also working on newer technologies such as contrast enhanced digital mammography. So we're working on a newer technology called CBM, and this provides much more information to the clinicians for uh, dense breasts, for example. Today, there's are um, a lot of supplemental technology platforms in addition to mammogram that will provide this information such as abbreviated MRI, for example, ultrasound, uh, which we also provide. But this new technology provides similar outcomes in comparison to MRI with less false positive at a lower cost, which is, uh, for the future, has a lot of potential to be positioned as a platform for uh, dense breast screening. Yeah, I mean, and that, that's so important and is leads into my next question pretty well. Uh, so so let's talk about dense breasts. Um, as it relates to screening, we know that almost half of the women at recommended screening age have dense breasts, which increases the risk of breast cancer. But we also know that most of these women will not get breast cancer. So let's start broad. Why are mammograms harder to read for women with dense breasts? We, as, as industry players, we're very keen to address this issue especially for uh, Asian breasts. So we've been facing dense breast issues since film screen. And the reason why it's difficult is the overlap of tissue. And the more dense it is, the more difficult it is to separate the tissue. And what we've done is to come out with additional image processing that will address the dense breasts from a solution standpoint. There's additional technology such as 3D technology, uh, 3D mammograms to uh, provide additional information to uh, separate that overlap. And then again, we have the CDM, MRI, and ultrasound as supplemental technology to the mammogram to provide that comprehensive output from an information standpoint so that the radiologist can diagnose correctly. Mm, okay, that, so I've talked to lots of people and we've talked about dense breasts quite a bit, and that was by far the best overview of why it's more difficult to diagnose women with dense breasts. So I really appreciate you taking the time for that. So uh, so what research is needed 
to know what additional imaging tests would be most beneficial for women with dense breasts? Mammogram is, well, screening in general is always a trade-off between cost and efficiency. Mm. Um, so today's platform obviously um, utilizes mammogram and um, it is because um, the technology level and the imaging level is sufficient, but at the same time it provides the society to embrace the cost so that the screening can be instituted at a very, at a, a very high volume level. Today, I think we are at a good level of processing technology to be able to understand the dense breasts with the 3D mammogram. So perhaps in the future, uh, we can imagine that some of the research can be done with fusion between mammograms, 2D, 3D, and ultrasound, for example. So uh, these are some of the areas that are still being developed. And I think in the future, this space is going to be to help diagnose more accurately for dense breasts. So, so then how do we know which women would benefit most from these additional types of screenings? At the end of the day, it's all about how can we reduce the mortality rate. Now, the screening technologies will help the radiologists find more suspicious areas. But the most important thing beyond technology is for women to take annual screening. Today, we see a lot of aggressive breast cancers that cannot be that we, well, it's not caught one year, but it's caught the next year. But if that one year is skipped, the second year, it, it is no longer early detected. You know, the technology evolution will continue. And all of other companies that belong to our space are heavily invested in continu continuing our evolution. But we need the women to take annual screenings. That is the biggest factor in the terms of reducing mortality. That's right. I mean, if there's if there's one thing that anyone learns from any episode of this podcast, it's get your annual screenings, please, please get your annual, annual screenings. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. So, so last question: uh, How can the industry help promote the importance of early detection and breast screenings? Podcasts like this, in order to enhance awareness, that is something that is very important. So, I think it's the duty of healthcare professionals, as well as industry players to make sure that we create that uh, recognition of annual screening. It's done through, obviously, a lot of promotions. Uh, we have the peak month that we uh, heavily advertise and participate in. But it, it's also, I think, very important for women to talk about their annual screening with other women as well, to make sure that the awareness gets spread. Another point is hopefully insurance companies, for example, nonprofit organizations address women who do not have insurance to be able to create a platform for those women to be able to receive annual screening as well. Now, there's a lot of segmentation expansion in this space that's being, I think, considered generally. For example, in addition to your traditional acute care space, as well as outpatient centers who, who provide the imaging, there's a lot of uh, mobile solutions today uh, that go around rural areas and participate in creating an awareness, number one, but to provide additional care to for the women who do not have access mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. close, close proximity. So 
there are a lot of efforts, but number one is for everybody to really participate in creating that recognition mm, that's and right. awareness. That's right. Participate, get your screenings, and talk to people about getting your screenings. It's so important. It's so important. Uh, well, Henry, this has been great. You've, you've illuminated several things that I've all often wondered about as I've hosted this show, and I really appreciate you doing that. And thank you for the work that you and Fujifilm are doing in the healthcare space to help women all over the world. It's so impactful, so important. Um, thank you just for, for joining us on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. As a comprehensive healthcare company involved in prevention, diagnosis, and treatment, Fujifilm is committed to never stop innovating for a healthier world. For more information about Fujifilm, visit fujifilm.com forward slash US. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.